The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to week seven of the EU LCS Guess the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot. We are two thirds of the way through the split. And usually by this point, we'd have a pretty good handle on how things were going to be wrapping up. We'd be in the home stretch with a couple big storylines on the way. But today is roster lock day, and we went from having a very clear idea of what to talk about on the podcast to being thrown into the middle of roster change after roster change. So we're going for it. We're going to go all in on all of these changes. We've got a big question of the day for you guys before we get into our bets of the week. And of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? Hey, guys. What's up? And, of course, the week I start working again, I get just inundated with roster changes. So this is, this is interesting. It was interesting to uh, pull out my phone and just see all of Europe kind of collapsing upon itself and go, we need everyone to move. It was more convoluted. It was crazier than, like, the NHL trade deadline, the NFL trade deadline, basketball trade deadline. Like, stuff actually happened, which was kind of neat. Yeah, and not only is it different than those kind of deadlines, it's different from every other deadline that I've experienced while following the LCS. I never see this many midseason roster changes. It's like the entirety of the region just looked at it and said, you know, people are starting to say that NA is better than us and that we're completely screwed when Worlds comes along. We've got to do something about this because that's just not the way we want to go. And so some teams did. We're going to start with the team that is likely the least relevant when it comes to changes, which is sad for me to say because it's also the team about which I care most in this region, and that is Rocket. Rocket has officially signed Memento. Memento, if you have not had any experience with this guy, he has played for Team Empire, which I actually realized looking into this, that's where I know his name, my old Turkish team scrimmed against Team Empire. So I've actually seen Memento in action in a scrim. He also played this last split for Nerve, which was the last place team in the European Challenger Series. Though, depending on who you ask, he was seen as a bright spot on that roster. Walter, you're always of the opinion that it doesn't really matter if a move doesn't get you any closer to the championship. And Rocket clearly is not a team that's looking at a championship opportunity. So where do you come down on this move? Well, I look at this, and this is very clearly, uh, they're replacing Airwalks. It was, unfortunately to me, the worst player in the European LCS. Uh, unfortunate, because I, I, I like the guy. I've always followed him. I've always been waiting for him to take that step forward. And it seemed like last split, especially in the early game, he was starting to take that step forward. And we just needed to see him sort of nail down the shot calling and late game prowess. And I remember making a joke early on in the split. I think it was like week two or three where someone made a comment about Rocket being this incredible late fight, you know, team. And I was just like, man, that doesn't sound right. But that's kind of where they were. And then it all fell apart because the leads that Rocket would give up because of Airwalks' tenacity or ability or talent to get caught in just ridiculous situations sort of sunk them. So now they have to look at... How do they stay in the LCS, which to me, the, the amount of challenger team that I've watched in Europe and in A has been fairly limited, but I haven't really seen anyone that I thought is a major threat to any of the LCS teams. 
because I just think that the LCS teams are just more talented. I look at Rockat and I go, you have Betsy and Steelback, and those are probably way more talented than anyone sitting in the challenger scene right now, with the exception of maybe one or two people. So I just kind of expected Rockat to be able to hold it together enough. Um, but my one fear is that this Rockat roster is not going to look anything like this current Rockat roster when we look at them in the spring. Whether they're in the Challenger Series or in the LCS, I don't think Betsy is going to stick around. I don't think Steelback is going to stick around. So it seems like Memento is purely a stopgap to make sure that this team stays in the LCS so they can field something next spring at this point. Yeah, that's absolutely what this move is. And as a Rockat fan, good. We need a stopgap. Airwalks is the worst player in Europe. He might be the worst player in the LCS at this point. I think it's so fitting that his last game as the starting jungler for Rocket, he went 2-9-3 against G2. Just got crushed, got caught out in terrible situations, was nowhere near where he needed to be. His warding was off. He was playing Kindred, which just isn't what you want to do right now in this meta. It, it was everything wrong with Airwalks boiled into one game. And, and that's how I'm going to remember him as a fan. I've said before on this podcast that Airwalks was like a waking nightmare for me. I am so happy that I do not have to spend any more weeks watching Airwalks and saying to myself, if he doesn't make a play, we're screwed. That's just not a fun or healthy mental place to be in. And I don't have to be there anymore. And honestly, I understand what you're saying about Betsy and Steelback being better than any two challenger players you're going to throw out there. I don't necessarily disagree with that statement, but at the same time, I think there are teams right now in the LCS who don't have two players as good as Betsy and Steelback. I don't think Vitality has two better players than Betsy or Steelback. I don't think the Unicorns of Love have two players better than Betsy or Steelback. Even Shulk, you can make an argument, doesn't have two better individual players on a consistent basis that are better than Betsy and Steelback. This is a game where your worst player is what can affect most. Because when you're dying nine times in a game, which is something that Rays and Airwalks have done multiple times this split, it doesn't matter how good Betsy and Steelback are. You can't win a game that way. And now you're putting yourself in a situation where you, at the very least, have a better chance of not losing yourself a series by having a jungler that throws a series the way that he has been doing so far. Now, that said, we still have two of the five worst players in Europe right now. I do not think this is going to make Rocket a, you know, out of relegations by any means. I don't even expect them to get to eighth place. Maybe this gets them to ninth, depending on what you feel about the next team we're going to talk about. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have to do something. You can't have three of the five worst players in Europe. So as long as Memento is not one of the five worst players in Europe, this is a step forward. And if it's enough of a step forward to keep Rockat around, you can worry about rebuilding once you make sure you still have an LCS spot. If you don't have an LCS spot, it doesn't matter who leaves because you have nothing to come back to. Is that fair? Do you think that's reasonable? Or am I, am I just trying to talk myself into this because I need something to hope for? I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's completely reasonable, in all honesty, to be excited that, you know, like I said, the worst player in the LCS is not no longer on your team. But really, what do you have to be excited about when you, you realize that Betsy and Steelback, unless they're getting paid a ton of money by Rocket or they feel some sort of loyalty to, to this organization that both of them only just joined in the last two splits, I, I just don't see them sticking around. We've made the joke before, Betsy to CLG. That actually feels like a perfect fit for me. That seems absolutely perfect. Steelback has proven that he's an exceptionally talented AD carry, even when playing on two teams that we thought were going to be you know, fairly weak, fairly underpowered, more middle on the pack. And he's shown that he can be a top three, maybe even the best AD carry in Europe. So I'm sure he's going to have plenty of options when the offseason comes around. Signing Memento just doesn't seem like such an upgrade that it's going to keep those players around. And to me personally, I don't think it changes much of anything when it comes to relegation promotion because I think that the LCS teams are just outright better than the Challenger Series teams right now. That's fair. I, I got to put it this way. As a Rockat fan, 
I was nervous going into relegations because I really think that Airwalks, Parang, and Rays are that bad of players that certain teams, Misfits comes to mind immediately, could potentially punish them and pull off an upset. And it's one of those things where I remember when Team Coast got relegated. No one thought Team Coast was going to get relegated. They were favored to win that series pretty hard. All it takes is a couple bad players and a breakdown of communication and things can fall apart even when you have a hero effort from someone else on your roster. So I'm going to take it. I don't have to root for airwalks anymore. That's enough. And who knows? If Memento's good, then you rebuild around Memento, get a bunch of young European guys, and try to be the next place, where you take a hit in the spring and build up the roster with experience and then try to do something in the summer, which is really the only thing I see Rocket doing because they don't have the money to keep up and keep some of these guys, as you mentioned out. I just don't see them keeping Betsy and Steel back. So they have to do something. But I'd rather be rebuilding and in the LCS than staying put because what's the ultimate difference and then being upset and not having a team to root for next split. I'll put it that way. We're going to move on. This is too much Rocket time. Origin, ninth place, needs some changes. We've been saying for forever that the idea that X-Peke is the best AD carry that they could possibly muster is a very worrying sign. Finally, it appears that Origin agrees because they have signed Toaster. Now, if you haven't heard of Toaster before, that's entirely reasonable. I don't think most people have. Yeah, I, I haven't. I have no idea. I assume it, they got him out of my kitchen or something. Like... <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to eat breakfast tomorrow. I'm just very disappointed in Origin for throwing me off of my morning routine. It's not cool. I need my toast. <laughs> I'd like to imagine that it's the brave little toaster all grown up. Like that's just, you know, he went on his magical adventure, learned a lot about the world, and then in his teenage years decided to play League of Legends, and here we are. That's my version of the story. Sidebar, there's a moment in that movie that I remember as a kid being terrified of and crying. And I don't remember what happened, but I feel like there was a clown involved. I, I just remember there's a part in that movie where I got really, really scared as a little kid, and I, I like cried. And I don't think I've ever watched it since then, just because I've never been able to find it or like have looked for it. So sidebar, I cried during the Brave Little Toaster. Well, there you go. Clouds, clouds are scary. And you know what? This split is scary for Origin because yes, he is an AD carry. He is an actual AD carry by trade. But he was playing for Exodus Esports. And Exodus Esports is a UK premiership team. And one that is fine? They, they weren't as good as teams like Choke Gaming, who are teams that I've scrimmed against. And personally, I wasn't overwhelmed by the amount of talent I saw within the UK scene. It's possible. I mean, Maxlor was a guy that we didn't think was going to be much of anything, didn't start the split as being much of anything, but has ended up being okay. But Walter, I I'm going to turn to you for this because we have, you know, Zergoth from the same team likely isn't playing according to his own statements uh, on Reddit. But we are going to see Toaster. Does this move make sense for you when you look at Origin moving forward? Well, Origin, other than you taking away my Toaster so I can't have breakfast in the morning, I'm really angry at you. Because you needed to do this move three weeks ago. <laughs> You're week seven. You have three weeks left. You have, you have six games left before the gauntlet. Because let's be honest, there's probably no chance in hell that you're making the playoffs for this split. And actually, do they even qualify for the gauntlet if they're in the relegation in, spring, in summer split? No, nope. I don't think so, They actually. lose all of their points if they don't make it to seventh. So this move <laughs> says that they need to get... The, they have to make up the four-point difference on Unicorns of Love, which, if that was their plan, last week was kind of a, a real problem for them. Because yeah. Unicorns I, of Love took a map off of Fnatic and 2-0'd Origin in a series they needed to win if they were going to continue to be relevant towards that seven seed. Yeah, so 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 this... I They, they kicked the pooch. They kicked the bucket. They're done. The second they went with Peke for as long as they did, which... Now that we're now that I'm thinking about it, four weeks since week two, mm -hmm. they screwed the pooch. They're done. They're not going to the playoffs. They're not going to dodge relegation because let's be honest, Unicorns of Love have been playing better, and Team Vitality has been playing better, 
And even if they lose all their games, and Origin would have to then tie at least four of their games, and Origin has a rough schedule left. They still play, this week they play Schalke, uh, Schalke 04. They also play Rocket. If we're looking forward, other teams that they have not gone two games with. Schalke, Fnatic, Giants, H2K, Splice, Rocket. They beat Rocket. They tied with Splice. They tied with H2K. They tied with Fnatic. They tied with Schalke. That's five games right there, and if they get the 2-0 against, uh, against Rocket, that gets them three points. I just don't see it happening. They have some difficult games on this schedule when you're talking about G2, another series against Fnatic, and another series against H2K, and the resurgent Giants, right now top four teams in the league. I don't see it happening. This is too late. They messed up. They waited way too long. And if this was the player that you were going to go after, I'm really sure that he was available before this time. Even if he's playing on a premiership team, I'm pretty sure you can go buy him out before this happened. I, this is a tremendous oversight on XPEC's part. Tremendous. It is one of those things, and you could hear it in the interviews, right? Whenever you ask Soaz or any of those guys on the team, they're like, oh, we love playing with XPEC. He's such a leader. He's a shot caller. It's all of these things that we love. Okay, that's fine. But he's not an 80 carry. And that's what you needed at the time. You didn't need a, a shot caller. At, at the very least, AD Carey should not be shot callers. Let's go there for a starting point. Why was he the person that everyone was depending on to make these calls? We saw what happened when Reckless tried to do it. Didn't go well for Fnatic comparatively. I, The whole thing makes no sense to me. I, I, I just feel like there, you know, if you were really looking for a player that was available and, and didn't have a problem. It's not like Raya wasn't there. Raya's been just sitting on Vitality's bench. Certainly you could have gotten a buyout on that end, you know, even if these challenger teams weren't willing to let him go. And as you said, this is Premiership, not the EU Challenger Series. I understand guys like Memento not wanting to leave their team until they finished up the Challenger Series because the roster rules are a little bit different there. But these national leagues... Yeah, buyouts will work out just fine. I think most of these teams are much more interested in getting the money to attract big-name free agents long-term so that they could advance the organization and have a shot to make the Challenger Series next split. It just makes no sense. It's one of those moves that categorizes Origin really well. They're a stubborn team. I genuinely think they thought they could make the playoffs with Xpeke. And as you said, I, I think it's too little too late. I, I think there's enough talent there. I'm not worried about them in relegations the same way that I would have been worried about Rocket without uh, replacing Airwalks. But man, oh man, oh man. Uh, it, it's a weird call, especially when you take into account that they had an AD carry on the roster who is going to be playing on a League of Legends team and his name is Forgiven. Uh, Walter, let, let's start there. If Forgiven's willing to play, why wasn't he playing for Origin? Really, I, I, I need to go. I need to go over this. I, apparently, last couple weeks there have been uh, there's been speculation and there's been some comments that have been made recently that it wasn't just a Forgiven didn't want to necessarily play between him and the other people on Origin, uh, and that this was kind of a nicer way that was like a half truth to kind of like let everybody kind of go their own separate way. It doesn't surprise me. Um, the fact that they hadn't pulled him back uh, at all, you know, tells me that there is definitely some sort of tension between the two parties and that Forgiven didn't want to play with them. They didn't want to play with him. But again, to stick with Peke as your 80 carry for four weeks for, all, for, for about half the season, essentially, you gave up. You just gave up. You knew he wasn't great. You knew after week three, he was not your long-term solution. He was not going to be the guy to carry you into the playoffs or even, I guess, to the seventh place spot so you could at least play in the gauntlet. It didn't work. And after two weeks, you should have realized, okay, we got to find someone else. We got to go go get cyanide for God's sakes. The dude has an alternate account that he only plays 80 carry on. If you want to go get some washed up player out there, fine, whatever. But the, the fact that they're ending with Toaster, who outside of the UK, no one's probably ever heard of this guy. 
And the fact that you waited this long, you're now in week seven, you're basically at roster lock. That roster lock itself is what forced you to get a real AD carry is, is egregious. It's honestly offensive. It's egregious. And to be fair, to be fair to the players on this roster, especially Soaz, I think Soaz is done. I think this is his last draw. They aren't going to go to Worlds. I, I, not, nothing good happened this split. Nothing good happened for Origin over the course of this summer split. And, and for someone who is so emotional like Soaz, I can't see it weighing well on his mind. I think he loves Peke. I think they're really good friends. He's probably like a brother. He's probably going to be the best man at his wedding. His kid's godfather, whatever. I don't see him coming back next split, either on Origin or in the LCS. I don't see it. I think it's done. I think him and Peke need to just ride off in the sun, run this Origin roster, be streamers, take advantage of all that, go cast on O Gaming and be you know one of the French casters. Use your personality. But I think they've wasted this summer split and they wasted their last chance to go to Worlds. I'm going to make a bold comment here, and I want this down. I'm, I have no inside information, but I bet Soaz is the Coast of Origin next split. I just, I have this sense. They don't want a real coach. They all respect Soaz. I could totally see him staying with the org to be a coach, but not wanting to play anymore on a professional level. But then what's your roster? Your roster is amazing, power of evil, and apparently toaster and hybrid. So then you get your, then you get this. This is really the path they're going to take. And these are going to be the guys you're replacing. I might as well just go full Monty. Let the let the sub let this top laner play. Whatever. Let him play instead of Soaz. I mean, I just I just I can't. If I'm Soaz, I can't look at the summer and feel happy about it. This I is can't. the difference, though. Xpeke has Xpeke money. He can actually go out and buy free agents this offseason. We can't like we forget just how many players change hands over the offseason. Look at what happened with Vitality, which was an organization that came out of nowhere. Look at how different H2K's roster is from what they had the previous split. Changes happen all the time. You just have to have the finances to do it. Now, historically, Rocket is an organization that has not had a ton of finances to do it. And given that they've been close, close, and are now the farthest away of any possible European team, I'm not sure what their funding is going to look like. But Xpeke? Xpeke is going to spend whatever he needs to spend to get Origin relevant again. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. That's the difference here with me. You, yeah, I don't know how many of these players are going to be back next split, but I guarantee you he is going to put together a roster that he believes can win as long as they can bring back the spot. But, I mean, honestly, when it, you know, going back to your original point, Forgiven is a guy that has a lot of problems becoming friends with people on his team. We, we saw this with H2K where Vander said, if Forgiven comes back, I'm leaving. That is an actual quote that you could find on his Twitter. And guess what? Forgiven's back on H2K. So, you know, who knows how that's going to work out? I, I can't imagine that those personality issues have just gone to the side. But, the, you know, him not getting along with strong personalities like Soaz and Xpeke, we expected that going into the season. We have it on our preseason podcast that we didn't see those personalities meshing well. So if I'm Origin, I put my ego aside and do whatever the heck forgiven wants to do three weeks ago figure it out he's too talented figure it out but they didn't do it and here we are and now we're moving on to h2k who did sign forgiven they are happy to bring him on as a substitute ad carry and to be clear it is mentioned explicitly on the team's facebook page he is a substitute ad carry they are not starting him in front of freeze they are not starting him this week he is a substitute in case Freeze's injury gets worse. So, Walter, how do you feel about this signing? So, I call bull. <laughs> I call bull. <laughs> I'm going to actually swear. I call bull on this. <laughs> there is no way that you go sign Forgiven to just be a bench player. They have to be seriously worried about Freeze's wrist. They have to be really, really worried if they're going so far as to get forgiven, because like you said, they did not have the best of departures. That was not a good departure. As you say, the quote from Bander, forgiven won't return if he does, I'm leaving the team. People don't say that 
if there's a chance down the road they're going to play together again. Can I can I quote the H2K press release here, which is very relevant go, to that point? Go ahead, because I'm going to call an organization a liar for the umpteenth time. For Given's departure from the team feels like it was just yesterday. Breakups are never fun. Emotions sometimes get the better of us, and we say things we don't mean. Today, the only thing that matters is that Forgiven is home. Now, I can see you saying those sentences about, say, a kid that you had to kick out of your house because he got caught doing some serious drugs and what refused to get help. Saying that about an AD carry that you just signed to your roster is a little concerning. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. We say things we don't mean. Well, why do you say them? You're a professional organization. You didn't have to. You weren't forced to gunpoint. You chose to make a thing about this when he left because you were so tired of his bull****. What do you mean? What is it? How? This is ridiculous, right? I mean, why in the world would they phrase it that way? So, so the reason why Forgiven does make sense, if, if they're this worried about Freeze's injury, he's played with them before. He's played with the team. They know each other's tendencies. I think he, I think they turned Freeze into what they were turning Forgiven into, the kind of utility supportive of the team. Early on, they were playing kind of a, a fast push strategy, trying to take down towers quickly, which does work very well in this lane swappy kind of meta. And by going and getting forgiven, despite the breakup, despite what may have happened, they went and they got an extremely talented AD carry, despite the fact he's never won a playoff series. I will, you know, always defer to that point. But they went, they got a very, very talented AD carry. They kept him out of the hands of some other guys that might be looking for an AD carry. And they got someone who they've worked with before and knows the system. They know what he's like. They know how he is in practice. They know how they lane with him. All of these things, and while yes, there would be some sort of adaption process necessary by Vander to get used to playing with Forgiven versus Freeze, you don't make this move unless you're really, really scared. You don't go sign Tom Brady to be Aaron Rodgers' backup unless you're really nervous about Aaron Rodgers getting injured. Well, see, you just don't do that. This is my problem here. What is it that we saw from the first week of the split and from the giant post that Forgiven made about how he doesn't care about the game anymore, he's not practicing the way he should, a single you know month of scrims going wrong and suddenly he's lost faith in his team, how is he the Tom Brady of anything right now? He looked terrible in the first week of the split. He was one of the worst 80 carries statistically that we've seen so far in a week in the split. You know, if you're signing him because you think he's going to be the ultra-talented guy, you are assuming that somehow... In five weeks, he has fixed his apathy problem, his attitude problem, and has stopped playing Overwatch more than he's played League, which, I mean, I don't know if that's true. I don't know why it would be true. It, it's, to me, I think it is a signing that you make because you don't have the MRI results yet, and your goal is you have to give Freeze a break on his wrist because the best thing you could do is let it rest and let it heal. But when the playoffs come around... I don't think they play him. I, I don't think you can. I do, I do not trust him in a playoff series. I do not trust him mentally. I do not trust his work ethic at this point because he quit. He quit one week into his season. Whether you think there are good, bad reasons, whatever, he quit. I don't want that guy in my corner when my back is against the wall and my playoff life depends on it. So I have a feeling that this is just for the next three weeks, Freeze can sub out of some games they can make, take it easy on his wrist so that when the playoffs roll around, he's as healthy as he can be. That's why I believe it when they say he's a substitute. I just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like the scene uh, in Thor 2 where Loki's sitting in the cell and he says, you must be truly desperate to come to me for help. That's why I think they're extremely, extremely worried about his wrist. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you make a great point that they will consider, you know, sitting him out at, at some point during the regular split, but they have to have someone who's just as talented because they're in the thick of things with two other teams here in the middle of the pack. And I asked you this question earlier and you wanted to save it for the podcast. So I'm going to pose it right now. Okay. Splice, H2K, and Giants. Which team is the third best in Europe? Well, I'm going to start by eliminating one of those teams. I have okay. H2K at fifth right now. Oh! I'm out. 
I'm totally <laughs> out. They they do not know how to team fight. Their series against Giants proved that despite all of the individual talent that they have, and they have a ton of talented guys, they cannot fight as a unit. The communication isn't there. Yankos is very inconsistent right now. Ryu is not a hard carry. Freeze obviously is struggling from wrist injuries, but he's been underperforming. And Oduamne is not playing the kind of champions that his team can lean on him during these big fight moments. Whenever it came down to the Baron Pit or an important objective that H2K needed, they couldn't do it. And I got to be honest with you, you could look at the 2-0 on Shulk and say, oh, but look at that. That's a good team that they 2-0'd. Well, let's be clear here. One auto attack from Shulk and they win game one and probably aren't tilted off the face of the earth in game two, which... You know, this is this is a problem. You could say that Shulk doesn't have the mental strength, but I don't think that was H2K's win. Shulk outplayed him in game one. They were the better team. And if you're getting outplayed by Shulk, I don't put you ahead of Splice and Giants who are playing more consistently right now. So I rule them out entirely. I I completely actually agree with you with those points. I even agree with the Shulk point about their, their mental fortitude. Which is why they're not being included in this discussion. Yeah. Um, not, not, you know, necessarily their record isn't good enough to really consider them up here too. But I think that mental fortitude issue is a big issue going into the playoffs. But I absolutely agree with H2K. Just something seems very off about them. Their team fighting is, is honestly terrible. And they even had some problems with it last split, which is what makes it so interesting that they shifted to very much this spring split vitality style of very slow, very methodical games, trying not to have very high kill games, trying to make them very rotational and objective oriented, um, which I think really pulls a lot away from, from Yonkos. I think Yonko, with Yonkos, you want that game to be as messy as possible. You want him all over the place, trying to make plays, trying to be aggressive, trying to get kills, trying to get all these skirmishes, and they're really pulling him out of his wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. but, but who do you have it for? See, this is where I go back and forth. And for the record, both Splice and Giants are really good right now. They're 7-1 in their last eight games. Both of those teams. If we're starting to see, you know, Senkux finally took a step forward. His uh, Cassidy play this week was great. I love the fact that Trashy is finally justifying all of that love I had for him going into the spring. Here's where it comes down to for me. I think Splice right now is a team that only has one minor weakness, and that is Wonder. I think Wonder has had some games in which he's very good. Wonder's had some games in which he's struggled and really needed the rest of the team to put him in a position to succeed as we get later into the game because he's not a very good laner. But at the same time, you know, Trashy's been playing great. Kabi and uh, Mixie have improved. Mixie in particular had some great karma snipes last week. It was really fun watching him do that. But my problem with Splice is that they don't have a player like Knight. Knight is the rookie of the split by far. When we looked at the preseason, we said if Giants were going to be any good, Knight had to be incredible. And Knight is incredible. He's, a, he's an amazing mid laner. He is right now probably in my top three mid laners in the league right now, just the way that he's playing. And Maxlor is starting to figure things out. Smitty J is playing on champions where his aggression is being rewarded. And it still terrifies me for the record because he will overextend for some of these plays in ways that no one could possibly feel 100% confident on. But he is making plays time and time again. He had a great triple kill uh, underneath the enemy mid inhibitor. I believe it was in their series against H2K that was just absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, of course, the Zillion ult, because Knight's now my favorite Zillion in, in Europe, I really like the way that team is coming together. And the thing about the difference is, I think Splice, we know what Splice is. And if Splice played Giants right now, I would take Splice. But I think by the end of the split, Giants is going to be the third team. I think Giants is going to continue to grow. They've been on an upward trend for so long, and I don't see them. I don't think they've peaked yet. See, here, here's where we are going to differ. I think you're you're really underrating Wonder. He was considered like statistically, he was the second best laner in Europe in terms of top lane last split in the spring. In terms of goal differential, in terms of CS differential, he was very good at the laning phase, and even now. 
he's dropped off some, but he's still in the top five. He's still in the upper half of laners, and Smitty J is right below him. He sits in that, like, sixth spot while Wonder kind of bounces back and forth uh, with Soaz at four and five, depending on how well one of them does that week. Um, I don't think that Splice's weakness is necessarily Wonderware personally. I think it has to do with Wonderware and, and Mikey getting caught out. I think that at times they they lose track of vision, they lose track of enemy movements of where they would most likely be on the map. Um, I, I just remember from, from one of the Splice games, Mikey is trying to get vision in the enemy red side jungle on, uh, from red side on the blue side, so he's behind the dragon pit. And he just walks into a bush, unwarded, where there's three members of the enemy team, and they just instantly blow him up. And it's things like that is what I think gets spliced into trouble. Mm-hmm. And all the players on the team does it. Kabe has moments where he's just his positioning is just, yeah. Uh, but I think the same problem happens on Giants, where it's hustling and it's Smitty J. You know, typically will get caught out. The problem is, Wonder doesn't get caught typically overextending in lane. Mm-hmm. Not when, not when there's some like not during the laning phase portion. Yes, when they're moving into more split push style and wonder where doesn't have vision. Yes, he'll get caught out. It happens every top laner wants to get that one extra wave that's about to cause the wave to bounce back towards him, but he has no vision on, on his side and he gets collapsed upon. It happens to the very best of them. Not all of us can be so as and you know somehow TP out ten seconds later. The problem is Smitty J overextends during the laning phase. During the time when you are you're susceptible to the jungler coming to gank you in a two v one situation, and not this you know more macro vision control. When it is your job as a laner to communicate to your jungler where you need vision help, where you need a ward. Oh, I worded this. Oh, they have a pink ward here. All of these things. That's when he gets caught out. And I think that would be the difference maker in this type of series is that Smitty J just gets caught out in one extra facet of the game way more often than Wonderware does. And I think Wonder is just slightly, slightly better in the lane. I think he is a little bit more tempered in his aggression in the laning phase and could exploit Smitty J over a five-game series. But it would be close. I think this is a best of five that would go five and i think Mm -hmm. splice is the team that just wins that you know that that nail biter 45 minute game to end it i agree that this is going to be a five game series and i am certainly not so convinced in giants that i believe that there's nothing that splice can do that would change my mind i can't wait to see the last three weeks of the split for that reason i think there's still a way for these teams to separate themselves from each other i will say this if you're going on precedent Splice has 2-0'd Giants both times they played this split. So Splice certainly seems to have a good understanding of how to shut Giants down. But on the other hand, and I do want to give Smitty J this one bit of credit here, he has the highest kill participation of any top laner in Europe right now. And I think his teleports are just a bit more on point than Wonders are. I think he does a really good job of being in the middle of the team. He doesn't die quite as often as Wonder does, and he has quite a few more assists. They're very, very similar players, but there are advantages to both sides, and it's really going to be a matter of which of those two teams utilizes their top laner the most effectively if they're going to set themselves apart. I can't wait to see how it goes down. Walter, we have one more thing we need to talk about before we get into the actual lines for the week. Kikis has officially signed with Fnatic. He is now willing to alternate back and forth between himself and another top laner in a way that supposedly Gamsu might have not been willing to do so. So I have a two-part question for you, Walter. One, if he is now willing to do this, why didn't G2 just do it with him? And two, how do you think that this affects Fnatic now that Gamsu is out of the equation? See, now, now here's the thing. Uh, Gamsu leaving, that's fine, because Gamsu was, was, I think, one of the bigger problems on this team outside of just, like, Yellowstar not getting better. But beyond that, the question about whether Kikis and Whirlib are actually going to be in a timeshare, um, there's not a chance. I don't think there's a chance that they're actually going to be in a timeshare. I think that, that Kikis comes in, he's going to win the job, and I think he's the better choice for this because his teleport timings are, are honestly nearly perfect. Nearly flawless when you look at the rest of Europe in terms of their top lane teleports. Only Soaz, I think, um, 
really is close to him, at least last split. Maybe that's different in this current split because the, the meta has shifted some and he can't really just play tanks. And he did struggle a bit on, on champions like Aurelia. But I think that Kickus won this job. I don't think we're going to see Warlib outside of very, very few cases where they want to play like a pure, pure carry top laner where they're going to put a ton of resources into it. Uh, but you don't need to because you have Reckless and Forbidden in Spirit. So Kickus already knows how to play with a super carry heavy jungler. He played with Trick. Now he's going to be playing with Spirit. I just think this is a perfect move for Fnatic. I think this is probably the move that's going to tip them over the top of G2 Esports. And at the end of the day, it, it's great. It's it's great. It gives them poster board material. It gives them someone who really does have a, a axe to grind against G2 and give them a little bit more grit going into that type of series. And it should be fun. I, Fnatic versus G2 is going to be very, very interesting in the finals of Europe. I think it's going to be very, very interesting um, but it's not going to make a whole lot of difference because they're both going to get seeded into Pool B and probably end up against the number one and number two teams in China and Korea, respectively. Yeah, uh, that G2 vacation continuing to be a very divisive, frustrating thing if you're looking at how these are eventually going to shake down. But to me, I think this says a couple things. Number one, I think it says that there was more to this whole Kickers issue than we ever got to see. Because according to Fnatic... Fnatic has openly said that they, you know, on the Reddit, this was their post, quote, we would like to reiterate that this was not a performance-related issue, referring to uh, releasing Gamsu from the roster. Over the last few weeks, it has become clear that our organizational goals and ideals are not aligned. We're looking forward to working with both Kickus and Whirlib. And to be honest... I'm going to differ with you on this Whirlib point because I think this is a meta that works very well for Whirlib. Jax and Aurelia are Whirlib's bread and butter. I think if you throw Whirlib out there in this meta, he can absolutely have an effect. And I think it's up to Fnatic. If you're looking into the playoffs, if you want to do this like a Faker Easy Hoon kind of scenario where depending on what composition you want, you put out a certain top laner, I think that makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how much of a difference it makes. Uh, there was one part of their press release that was kind of funny to hear. Uh, however, it has become clear to us that organizational goals and ideals are not aligned. At Fnatic, our priority is performing at the highest level while simultaneously securing the best possible future for our organization. What part of that was Gamsu not in favor of out of curiosity? That's interesting to me. I mean, it, he probably wasn't in favor of the time split, and they thought that they think the competition is probably for the best. Gamsu was underperforming. He was probably the weakest member of this team in terms of consistency. Yes, there were some games where Gamsu was playing lights out, was phenomenal, was a very, very good top laner, but there were also other games where he was not playing very well. Uh, the one thing long-term this does worry me about, the long-term interest Spirit has in Fnatic. Because if we remember, Gamsu and Spirit were kind of a package deal. Yes. They kind of were together. You kind of took one. If you took one, you took the other. And Fnatic decided they really wanted Spirit, so they kind of sucked it up and took Gamsu as well. At the end of this, I think where they end up in Europe, whether they win, win or not, and how well they do at Worlds will have, I think, a larger impact on whether Spirit goes or stays. And also, if he performs very, very well, I could see... China and Korea money both finding their way to him instead. So it'll be very interesting watching this team and watching this potential transition uh, into the summer offseason, into the post-Worlds offseason, and see what sort of impact it has on Fnatic and Spirit's relationship. But it all goes to show Fnatic is the San Antonio Spurs of the League of Legends community. You got to remember that. Yeah. value team above everything else. And for the record, Kikis agrees with you. He said, quote, I will work with Whirlib onwards to see how much the situation can benefit the team and both of us. I have changed my approach to the sub-situation because the conditions at Fnatic can't be compared to those at G2. Shots f***ing fired. Ocelot cannot be happy seeing that post. I, I, I just... You know what? Fnatic is special. They have done something that is you know, incredible and in just how consistent they've been time and time and time again. But, you know, at the end of the day, the one concern is going to be, and I think you nailed it on the head, Spirit's got to buy in. 
And remember, Spirit and Gamsu were a package deal. Spirit wasn't going to come unless he got to play with the top laner he wanted. That's why Gamsu signed. Spirit has tweeted a couple things over the last 48 hours that makes it seem like he is not very happy with the decision that is made. And anyone who followed Spirit on World Elite knows that if he's not happy, his play can drop significantly. So I really hope that Fnatic understands the risk that they're taking here and is fully prepared to handle the fallout from that particular side of things and is fully prepared to handle just whatever comes next. But you know what, Walter? We're prepared for this new EU gambling world. We finally had a winning week again. Two and one, thanks to Splice taking the two over Rocket. The hate bet comes through once again. Fnatic getting the two over Vitality also came through for us. The only thing we didn't get was Shulk against H2K, which we would have gotten with a single auto attack, which is probably the saltiest I have ever been on a bet on this podcast. 45 health! Are you sure it wasn't Phoenix One killing our three-team teaser? Because I was saltier about that. I was more upset about that Here's the difference. That was funny. The fact that Apex lost to Phoenix One was hysterical to me. This wasn't funny. It was just sad. That wasn't funny. That was not funny because I lost a bunch of unicorns on that. I'm very disappointed. I'm very upset by that. I'm I'm very sorry for your loss. But luckily, people who listen to this podcast are winning right now. Because if you've been betting $100 on every smart money bet we have offered on this podcast, you would have $422 more than you started with at the beginning of this split. So... Congratulations on the free money, guys. That's why we're here. And we are going to breeze through these lines because obviously we had so much to talk about, so much to break down, but we want to make sure we give the people what they want, and we know how much you like these breakdowns. So, Walter, we're going to start. Unicorns of Love versus Giants. Where did you put the line and why? Giants, 275. They're arguably a top four team in Europe right now. Uh, I think Knight is playing phenomenally. Maxlor is doing tremendous. Songstar has been an inspiration. He has been outstanding. I don't know what it is with Giants 80 carries and Summer Split, but man, they're awful in the spring and something happens in the summer and they just bloom and it's gorgeous to watch. Sonstar has been playing terrific and Hustling and Smitty J are proving to be reasonable role players around him. Again, Giants minus 275. Well, first of all, I'm almost positive that Sonstar saw the friendly reminder that Sunstar takes up an import slot meme and just said, nah, I'm not dealing with that anymore. Uh, I said Giants minus 240. The actual line, according to Unicorn.com, Giants minus 130. What the f***? <laughs> Are you f***ing kidding me? I wish. I so wish. Don't Are worry. you f***ing serious? That I'm l- sorry for all the bleeps, but <laughs> what? 130. 130. So can I just write down now, Giants to get a 2-0 over Unicorns of Love at plus 213 for a yeah. money bet? Yeah, I, yes. That's, <laughs> if you aren't pressing that button right now to 2-0 this multi-bet, you're a f***ing idiot. I this is about as free as free comes. Here's wow. the thing. This gets more promise. insulting later. Oh, God. I promise you. Oh, God, you. Europe, why? Okay, next line. G2 versus Splice. Let's try to get back to some some normalcy here. Uh, what was your you process when you made this smi- line? You said that with a smile in your voice. There's no normalcy in these bats, are there? I There might be. I actually, a few of these I got very close. There's, a, there's one line coming up that will make you even more mad about the line we just saw. Yeah, but this line, I think you're going to be okay with. Where do you think okay. G2 versus Splice? I, I have G2 at minus 250 over Splice because they still are the best team in Europe. Um, it's getting closer. Splice is playing better. But I think that this line would have been was much, much further away uh, earlier on in the season. So G2 minus 250. Okay, you get this one. Yeah. I said G2 minus 200 just because Splice has been on a roll. They have the same record as Fnatic, so I treated it like it was playing against Fnatic. That was giving them a bit too much credit. It is minus 263. Entirely reasonable here. Let's see if we can get another reasonable line. Rocket versus Vitality. (laughs) Rocket. We've got momentum, man. The problem is they don't have momentum. (laughs) I have Vitality at minus 200. Oh, my God. That is... uh... 
That that was the most Walter pun if I've heard one. You get this one by yeah. two points, you jerk. I said vitality minus one eighty. It is vitality minus one ninety two, which is incredibly reasonable. There is no value or reason to bet on Rocket in the slightest. So we're going to just what, move what are, forward. What are the two O odds for vitality? The two O odds for vitality are plus one thirty one. Interesting. Yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, let's see if there are any better value we can find. Origin versus Schalke. Schalke had a little bit of a hit last week. Origins had a bit of a hit all split. Where do you think the line is? Uh, I have to punish Schalke for, for the hit. It, they did not look very good last week, apart from the one game uh, that they almost took off of H2K. And like you said earlier, they sort of tilted off the face of the earth. Uh, I still enjoy watching Gilius. I really hope he gets gets some consistency. I really hope they stick with him. Because he's still a young guy. I think he has he still has a shot at being a decent jungler if he can put together more good plays versus the bad. You can outweigh some of the stupid mistakes if you're just that good. And I think there's a chance Gilius can pull it off. I have Shulk 4 at 175. Okay, you get minus this one, one as well. I'm not I'm not happy about this. I went minus 160. I thought they were gonna give a little bit more credit to Origin because Origin has the name value. Minus one seventy nine. What 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 name value does Origin have right now? So as I mean, Toaster, I guess this is a little bit of reason to get excited. I guess he has. I guess he has some name brand recognition. If you want to make an English muffin, <laughs> I think he does. If you want an English muffin with some jam on it, which I mean, he's British, so crumpets. You can cook crumpets in a toaster, by the way. That's true. I, you could toast a scone, too, if you really wanted to. Uh, Fnatic versus H2K. This is going to be the, is H2K continuing to collapse, or can they bounce back this week? This will also be the, how much is forgiven actually going to pl- be playing this split moment. What's your thought process? Where do you put the line? H2K is, is, is staring over the edge of a cliff, and if they go another week playing fairly poorly... Um, they could very quickly start tumbling down. I don't think they would tumble down uh, past Shulk. I think Shulk, again, is like the sixth spot. They are the the barrier to entry into the playoffs. And uh, H2K, unfortunately, just look bad. Just team fighting-wise, they are not on the same page. Mm-hmm. I don't think changing to Forgiven is going to do anything about that. I think it's the same play style, and it's just plug-and-play AD carry at this point. Um, any play that we see out of Forgiven will tell us a lot about freezes wrist injury mm-hmm. how severe it is if they keep playing him i would say it's probably not very severe they think he can get through it if we see a lot of you know back and forth it's they're just trying to get him a little rest after they get one game um and if we don't see much of him at all if, if we only see him in series in series against teams like fanatic teams that are, are up there and you really want to try and take games off of them and not against someone like origin it shows again. It shows a lot more about how severe the wrist injury is, how much rest he needs, and how willing H2K are to weigh that risk and reward of well, maybe we get the third or second, even the second seed, or you know, do we just rest him, try and stumble into the playoffs, and keep him rested for the gauntlet and possibly worlds beyond? Uh, but for this series, Fnatic minus two fifty. Okay, I get this one. You went too high. I said Fnatic minus 200. It is Fnatic minus 179, which, I mean, again, I guess you make the argument that H2K is still currently towards the top of the standings, but I think that's giving them maybe a bit too much credit. Uh, Just another line to think about. You can get Fnatic on the 2-0 here at plus 143. I I think this is unlikely for a 2-0. That's fair. I I just wanted to throw it out there. Let's move on to day two. Unicorns of Love versus Vitality. Where do you put the line, Walter? I'm going to say push. Since they've started doing pushes lately for teams that I think are fairly even, I'm going to say push. I'm going to say even odds. Okay. I get this one. Yeah. I said Vitality minus 140. It is Vitality minus 130. So here's why this is the most insulting line of the week. Vitality and Giants are both minus 130 against Unicorns of Love. So according to the line, we should be treating Giants and Vitality like equal caliber teams. Yeah, one of these things is not like the other. 
Vitality is not good. Nuke Duck has not been playing well. Police does not has not been playing well. He's looked okay last week, but just as a whole of the season, he hasn't been playing well. Uh, really, the best player on this team has been Cabochard, and even he has has shown at times that he's he'll get caught out. He's really been overextending. He's really been trying to play make, uh, especially in that series against Orion. Um, that that's wow. That is pretty egregious, but it's not. It, it doesn't anger me. The same way that Giants being at minus one thirty does. Like I, this is this is a back and forth. I don't know which team is really favored, and I'd probably stay away from this series. In all honesty, well, I don't well, watch it. It's fair. probably enjoyable, but I, I'm I, not sure the Vitality minus one thirty is a bad line. I'm just trying to figure out what algorithm Unicorn uses that says Giants and Vitality have the exact same <laughs> odds to beat Unicorns of Love. I just want to see what the formula is and look at it and say. This is the point where it went wrong. So one of these variables, they are seven and one in their last eight games. What else could they have done? I don't, I don't understand. Why are we still giving Vitality that kind of credit? I because Cabochard, Nuke Duck, Cossing, uh, the coach, Sean's Vitality, the name is an organization. I, I don't know why they're getting these, these. I call them legacy points, basically, but this isn't a legacy team. None of these players really ever accomplished a tremendous amount in their careers until yeah. last split. They got third. So. No, I mean, and, and look, this was an organization that didn't exist until last split. They got third and then got destroyed in the first round. I, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I don't understand why we're not going to give Giants credit. But Giants versus Splice. This is an interesting line to me. This is the series of the week for me, by the way, because Giants versus Splice is where we're going to see which of these teams can stand above the rest. Absolutely. I, I am so, so excited to see which one of them is going to step up. Walter, where do you see the line for this series? Splice minus 145. Okay. You get this one. I said splice minus 170, just based off of the, the point differential between the two and Giants not getting enough credit. It is splice minus 130. So again, just to be clear, you, uh, apparently Giants is only minus 130 against Unicorns of Love, and splice is minus 130 over Giants. So that would mean splice versus Unicorns of Love would be like minus 170? In what universe? What are, why are we thinking such high things about Unicorns of Love at this point? Is that what it is? Are we just convinced that... No, I, I think it's that in the algorithm, somehow, Giants and Splice are still being punished for some of their early early season failure. Yeah. Um, I mean, Unicorns I think that's of just Love what it comes down to. I think Unicorns of Love did go 3-1 and one last week. They took a map on Fnatic, and they got the 2 over Origin. Yeah. They're not a bad team. I, I think there is, like, but you can't even say that there's some sort of recency bias because, like you said, Giants and Splice have been 7-1. and one. Right. They've gone 7-1 and one in the past four, you know, four series. So I, I don't know. I think it's something that's really punishing Splice and Giants for a lot of their early season problems. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of why Shulk's lines, I feel like, are a little, little bit artificially inflated because they did have a good beginning to their season. Um, but we'll see. I, again, this, this line... I think this line is fair mm -hmm. in terms of the, the, the series in and of itself. It's not tremendously fair when you translate everything else outright. And again, this is a series I would probably stay away from because it, it's too up in the air for me to call. That's entirely reasonable. I mean, Giants even on blue side is interesting to me, but I think it's a stay away. I don't think there's enough value there. G2 versus H2K. Again, we're both of the opinion that H2K is slumping, but they do have a lot of name recognition. They are still pretty close to the top of the bracket. G2 makes their, you know, their move this week. Where do you think the line is? Well, H2K and G2 both made moves in terms of their substitute positions. One getting a support and unlimited, that was G2. One getting forgiven, which was H2K. Like I said earlier, G2 is still the best team in Europe, I think Splice, H2K, and Giants are all on a fairly similar tier. So I am going with G2 at minus 250. Okay. I get this one. I said G2 minus 200. 
It is G2 minus 192, which I think is fair. I, th- I think you have to give H2K some credit because if Yankos goes big or Oduwamne has a monster game, it's possible for them to take a map. And again, this is the problem of best of twos. We're betting on a map-by-map basis rather than for anything like a 2-0 or whatever else. So. And, and here, here it's showing you this 70-point difference, basically, between Splice and H2K, which I think is, is wrong. Because yeah. G2 is at minus 263 against Splice. So they, they're punishing Splice and they're punishing Giants for some reason. Um, so take advantage of that in, in a series like Giants versus Unicorns of Love where they're punishing, they're punishing Giants and it makes it a really favorable line because that is a, a very, very obvious, you know, strong potential for a 2-0 series right there. Yeah. Very strong potential for that to happen. So, that, again, we circled it earlier. I'm coming back to it and reaffirming that. That Giants 2-0 over Unicorns of Love should be the very first bet you make this week. You need to lock that in immediately so you get as good odds as possible on that series for that 2-0. Absolutely. Let's wrap up these last two. Shulk versus Fnatic. We, we talked about Shulk having some problems. Fnatic, you know, they've been... Obviously, they're the second best team in Europe, but they have not been, you know, perfect in their own right. And certainly, we still have to see how Spirit is going to react to this move. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have Fnatic at minus 333. Okay, I get this one. Uh, You went too high. I said Fnatic minus 260. It's Fnatic minus 213. I, I think that's giving Schalke a little bit too much credit. I don't know what we saw from Schalke from last week that makes me say that the series is going to be close, but we are only one week removed from Fnatic going 0-4, and I think that's why that line might be closer than we would originally expect. I guess, I guess, but Schalke did look very poor last week. They did look very, very poor. They looked uh, very, uh, they lacked a lot of coordination, mm-hmm. um, and, and honestly, against Splice, they just got manhandled. Yeah. Splice was, was very obviously uh, the better team. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I feel like this is kind of disrespectful to Fnatic, in all honesty. Yeah. I think they're giving Schalk way too much credit. I mean, I'm going to throw this out there. Fnatic for the 2-0, we can get plus 116. I don't think that's out of play. I don't, I don't think it's as in play as you think it is. Okay. Schalk is very weird. In terms of they, they do have some very, very bad weeks and they have some very, very good weeks, and then everything else is like they get ties. So I, the 2-0 is tempting. It's definitely better odds than H2K. Um, I, I'm just I'm not sure just because I have more faith in Shulk to go one-on-one than I do H2K because I feel like H2K can implode very quickly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, now, last game, game of the week, obviously. Origin versus Rocket. I will warn you, Walter, I'm up five to four, and I was only one point off. So you have got to get this one exactly. Where do you think the line is? Congratulations on winning the week. I have Origin at minus 200. Okay, I do win the week. I finally reclaim my throne as the guy who understands European lines. I had Origin at minus 150. It's minus 149. That's bad. On what grounds? They're both terrible. They're both terrible, but Rocket is more terrible. Origin's starting toaster. These odds were done before the roster changes, though. I mean, they're live now. The roster changes have been announced all day long. I, I I have no idea how much the roster changes play into it. My hope is that they don't pull the lines, because that would be such a shame if we recommend all these smart money bets and then... Uh, and, and then suddenly Unicorn's like, uh, we have no idea what's about to happen. Let's pull six games. I, I, don't think, I don't think they can pull six games. I don't think they're as severe roster changes, and they're early enough in the week that they have time to adjust before uh, game time. However, I mean, Origin... The problem is I almost want to say Origin 2-0's Rocket just to continue your hate bets, but at the same time, we know nothing about Memento, and we know nothing about Toaster, so... Yeah, that's the problem. This I'd is, rather take a shower with my toaster. I, I'd rather take Vitality to get a 2-0 over Rocket. And I'm not saying that I... I, I think that's fair. I think, I think that's, that's a, very fair. Yeah. 
So that's Vitality plus 131 to get the 2-0 over Rockat. Because I don't think Rockat is good. And I don't think Vitality's great, but I definitely don't think Rockat's good. Mm-hmm. Could I convince you Splice plus 195 against G2 on blue side? That was right where I was going to go. Okay. Uh, that's our long shot bet, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and Splice is good. Right now they're in sole possession of first... Uh, of. Splice is good. Right now they're in sole position of third place in Europe right now. I think they're a good team. I, I think they're genuinely solid. I don't know if they're going to be better than G2, uh, but can they take a map? I think they absolutely can. If Giants can take a map, I don't see why Splice can't take a map. See, and the best part about these three smart money bets, people, is you only have to watch on Thursday. You don't have to watch Friday. You can go ahead and let, let the Friday numbers continue to die. Are you so saying why, that you don't want to watch Origin versus Rockat in the, mat, in the last match of the week? I said I would rather take a shower with a toaster. That should tell you everything <laughs> about my feelings of that series. <laughs> to be fair, I think a lot of Rockat fans would too, unless Memento really comes out strong. But you know what? I'm going to believe... And I hope you guys believe in our podcast. If you do, you should definitely subscribe to it. It's on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts and on iTunes. If you search for rough drafts on the podcast section, you can subscribe and you can even leave a review, which really helps us out. We really appreciate all the comments you guys give. We read them all and we really appreciate it. Uh, of course, if you like us, you can follow us on social media. I'm at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find Chase antagonizing me and trying to get me angry over at C80s underscore LOL. Antagonizing is a harsh word. I think linking me to that Bill's roast was the worst thing you have ever done to me, my friend. And I am such a masochist. I sat there and I read every freaking comment. And you Eagles fans out there, you guys are assholes. Go, go to the Super Bowl and win a title before you come at us about what, not winning rings, all right? To be there. fair, have you seen the Eagles roast? Because the up? Eagles roasted themselves harder than any team they roasted in the other threats. Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. We hate everyone the same. That's exactly it. Here, it'll make you feel better. You should go check out the Browns roast thread. What Joe and Vince actually got to read and enjoy every moment of that. First of all, if you like the NFL, our NFL has all these roast threads. You should check them all out. But Joe and Vince run this wonderful site called Slingshot Esports that we are presented by, of course. You can get all of our main posts on there. We do write-ups to go along with all these podcasts that we think you guys will really enjoy. Plus, while you're there, you can check out all the great interviews and articles that are up there. I'm going to be doing some more Counter-Strike articles going forward. So if you guys like those kind of interviews, you definitely should keep tuned on that place. But there are tons of great writers you should be checking out. Uh, interviews with the Korean guys, interviews at the LCS, uh, so much great content that you would definitely enjoy. And come back tomorrow where we are going to break down the much less roster crazy but still very interesting North American LCS. So until next time, goodbye, Internet.